Oh, good evening. Um, it is functioning. Okay. Um, I'm Kevin Griffin. This is the Dharma and Recovery class. Welcome. Uh, okay, my the clock just turned to 7.30, so I can officially start. Um, usually a few people wander in a little later or as the evening goes on. Um, bit of a drive on a Friday night. Uh, but what a day, huh? Wow. Oh. It's kind of strange. It, can you fully enjoy it, you know? Isn't there a little bit of either guilt or feeling that we're going to pay for this good weather? You know? <laughs> uh, and apparently, I just heard on the radio something about the jet stream. It's like very low over the East Coast and very high over the West Coast, like doing this. And so they're having another blizzard in Boston. Oh, God, I used to live there. <laughs> oh, well. I suppose talking about the weather is a cliche, but um, it's also kind of so... Uh, you know, sig- become so significant beyond our daily lives. Um, my daughter just gave a, she entered a speech contest um, that her English teacher asked her to do and to give a speech on water conservation. And, you know, she spent a couple of weeks doing research on it and she was like trying out the speech on us. And, you know, just the stuff she was talking about. Was like, oh, you know, it's it's really... It's uh, very, very relevant to our lives. And, and, uh, and, she, and she, um, she said to me recently, um, one, one evening, she said, everything in school is so depressing right now. And it wasn't about her grades, or it was about the subject matter that she was covering in school. She's an environmental class, and you know, history and uh, psychology, sociology. They're doing this semester, and and she kind of ran down a few of the things, and and um, you know, she's sixteen, and and she's you know, waking up to, to the world and uh, what, what we all go through at some point and, and trying to, I think, figure out how to navigate that. And, and, you know, as a parent, of course, you want to protect your child. And, of course, as they get older, there's less and less you can do. And, and, it, and it's uh, not about protecting them from knowing the truth or... Um, you know, from seeing things, but but rather helping them to to find ways to live with the truth, because the the that waking up uh, that many of us go through as teenagers can be a trigger. It's one of the triggers that we become addicts. It's to, uh, that we can't face the suffering of the world um, as, as well as our own inner suffering, of course. 
but um, you know, certainly there was a time for me when I just felt like, you know, what's the point of life or whatever? You know, I was angry and and looked at the elders and politics and all these things as being corrupt and and uh, I mean, I, I didn't even register to vote until I was 34. You know. That was for Reagan's second term. I, I had to get in there for that one. <laughs> so I think it is. I think it does relate to our to our um, recovery, our addiction, and our recovery, our, our relationship to the the crises, the external crises, and how we handle that internally. So, you know, I found myself. Uh, trying to talk to my daughter about having sort of a broad view and a long view, and uh, but I, uh, in the days after that, I realized, oh, you know, this is one of the big reasons why I have a spiritual practice. Um, this is one of the functions of a spiritual practice is to help me to hold the suffering of the world in my heart without losing balance, without relapsing, without shutting down or getting so angry that, uh, you know, becoming an anarchist or uh, all those kind of impulses. Um, I didn't, you know, knock on her door and tell her that, you know, that was, that I thought of that. Uh, But I wasn't unhappy uh, to hear that last night she went out with her friend and went to a yoga class, you know, and that she really liked how mellow it made her feel. You know, it's like, yeah. And I said to her today, yeah, you know, a lot of the people I teach meditation to, they start by doing yoga. And of course, she's very aware of meditation, but which is, another, you know, the fact that it's her father's business, of course, is a reason to you know, avoid it. It's kind of like the... Uh, you know, the um, preacher's daughter, you know, is the biggest troublemaker in town usually, right? (laughs) So it is for me uh, largely the Dharma the understanding of the, certainly the way the Buddha framed reality and truth, uh, I find very consoling and, uh, and um, something that helps me to understand, if not always be happy about the way the world is. And understanding is half, half the problem. When we feel confused, why are things like this? That's that's really hard. Um, but when we feel like we have a sense of understanding, it, that at least we can feel okay. This makes sense, even though it's uh, really unfortunate. And then, of course, the, the practices that you can learn through that through that teaching uh, then have. Um, really, uh, they have effects on our whole sort of nervous system and psyche. 
that, uh, that make it easier to live in the world, uh, to live with uh, our own suffering and the suffering of the world. Well, that's your prelude for the evening. Um, and that did allow some people to get to arrive, so that's good. It doesn't mean that the door won't open and there won't be a squeak while you're trying to meditate, but uh, maybe not so much. So uh, let's begin to uh, sit. And, uh, Um, you know, what, what I usually do is I give some instruction on meditation, some sort of guided instruction as we sit, and then uh, then I'll go quiet and let us have some silent time. <coughs> and so if you have your own practice and you sort of have your own way of of meditating, you, you can just kind of let what I'm saying just come through. You don't have to listen or try to follow what I'm saying. But if you're either new to practice or you just want uh, the guidance, just uh, you can follow along. Now we begin by finding a comfortable way of sitting in which we can be both relaxed and alert. So we want to sit upright, in a very stable posture. So if you're on the floor, you want your knees to be touching the floor or you know, in solid points of contact. Sitting in the chair, we naturally have the two feet and the butt on the chair that give us a balance. And you can gently close your eyes. Or if you're not comfortable having your eyes closed in a group, just lowering your gaze so that you're not sort of engaged in the visual field, the visual realm. and bringing the attention inside. I'd like to begin with some intentional relaxation. Letting the jaw be relaxed, relaxing the small muscles around the eyes, the forehead, Relaxing the shoulders. The arms and hands. Softening the belly. 
So the breath can move deeply into the body. Letting the chest be open. A sense of receptivity in the heart, openness. Relaxing through the hips and pelvis. The legs and feet. And then feeling the whole body as a single object sitting still. Seeing that within that single object, there are many different sensations happening at once. This is just to begin with awareness of the body. Now, just to open to sounds, whatever you can hear, inside or outside. Even in a place that's so quiet, we can detect sounds. And then there are the sounds of our own body, the sounds in the ears. You might hear the sound of the heart. starting to connect with the sensations of breath. Feeling the breath either at the nostrils, where the air comes in and out, the touch sensation there, 
or at the belly as it rises and falls, feeling the movement. Whichever point or place in the body is easier for you to rest your attention, to settle. As you start to connect with the sensations of breath, you might make a soft mental note. If you're paying attention to the breath at the nostrils, just noting in, out, along with the sensations of breath. At the belly, you could note rising, falling, as the belly expands and contracts. The words can help the attention to stay with the sensations. natural for the mind to wander, for thoughts to appear and to take us away from the breath. We're not trying to suppress thoughts or push them away. So when we become aware that thoughts are holding our attention or have taken our attention, we acknowledge that and then gently come back to the breath. Just being very simple with your practice, feeling the breath, noticing when you're not with the breath, and coming back.
when you come back to the breath, see if there's any stress or agitation. See if you can relax in that moment again. Kind of starting the sitting again. Each time we release that stress, we allow ourselves to become more settled. And there can be a tendency in that moment to judge ourselves or grade or score ourselves. And this is just the habit of mind. I want to let go of that. It really has no place in this practice because this isn't about accomplishing something. There is a training, a training of the attention to stay in the moment, but it's not accomplished through will. through fighting with ourselves. The mind actually wants to go to this place of calm. And we often get in the way of that happening just through our thinking or grasping or rumination. So all of that, the thinking and the grasping and the rumination, all of that and more is just fodder for our mindfulness, just to be seen for what it is, not judged, critiqued, not pushed away, just seen, known, seeing the truth. Each time we come back to the simplicity of breath, we are encouraging the mind to find this place of inner calm and harmony.
I'm teaching an online course right now for the Mindful Schools organization. They have a Mindfulness Fundamentals course that's online. And, um, and so many of the comments and questions from people who are new to practice are about struggling with thoughts and their um, and judging themselves or, or sort of grading themselves. And, 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 uh, and I think that's the first thing that, that we have to really deal with as we start to get comfortable with our meditation practice. And that's why I kind of em- emphasize that in the guided meditation. One of the little quips, I think, I think I put it in one of my books, Burning Desire, I think, was the main difference between my experience when I'm meditating and that of the people who are coming to my classes is that they're getting upset about the thoughts in their mind. They're spacing out the whole time, but they're upset about it. I'm spacing out the whole time, but I don't, it doesn't bother me. As I know, there's this sort of projection about, oh, well, if they're a teacher, they've been meditating for so long. Uh, you know, it's not quite like some other activities. It's uh, it's kind of like, uh, I think that being a meditator is kind of like being an artist with a blank canvas each time you sit down to, to meditate, or a writer with a blank sheet of paper. You're, you're always starting... Uh, from zero. Uh, I don't know if that's quite the right number, but you're you're starting from a million and trying to get down to zero or something, maybe is more like it. Uh, In in any case, uh, I do like to take some time. Uh, uh, Later on, I'll I'll give something of a, a more organized talk. But I like to have some time for just questions or reflections from people about their practice. And, and uh, you know, anything that kind of came up as a difficulty or a challenge or a question. There might even be a microphone. Sarah, would you? You know how to operate that thing? No, but I okay. can't there's a, you have there's to turn, there's button. two buttons, okay. yeah, but I think there's something on the bottom too. Here, let me have it. Oh, there's nothing on the bottom. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, that should be on. Oh, both buttons are on. Oh, it could be on the thing. Anyway, people can speak without a microphone. There you go. If you would hand it to someone who is brave enough to raise their hand. Here's someone right in the front. Hello. 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 Oh. I don't know if this is working. I don't hear anything, but that's... I'm I'm loud. Okay. Um, So I I do find that the more I meditate, the easier it is, though. Oh, good. Like, I don't... So I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying Mm -hmm. in my experience. Yeah. Especially if I meditate more frequently, I definitely have much more time periods where it's just more blissful and more empty. I mean, it always... Yes. So... Yeah. Good point. And and two things. One is if you do it more frequently. Exactly. You know, it really depends on time. And if you, you know, when you, it's kind of like to use another metaphor. If you go to the gym regularly, you know, you get in shape. 
when you stop going to the gym, you fall out of shape, and, and your meditation can fall out of shape, too. Um, and, and, yeah, for me, there's a difference between ease and what's actually happening in the meditation. So that's kind of what I was joking about. It's like, if, you'd, if you can, what's nice is, to, is for it to be easy even when it isn't good, you know, even when you're not that quiet in the mind. Um, but yeah, of course. Of course we, we learn and, and we definitely develop, um, I guess, neural pathways or whatever. Uh, the, the brain actually supposedly changes shape and... and and you can see that you, that uh, certain states become you, you develop more access to them, more potential. Uh, so yeah, thanks. Anybody else? Yeah. If we use the microphone, we'll get picked up on the recording. So. Oh yeah, there is that advantage. Hello. Yeah. See, it, it is on. Yes. Oh, cool. Um, I um, chuckled inwardly at the berating thing because that was a, uh, a huge stumbling block for me when I um, first started meditating and did one of those Vipassana boot camp 10-day silent meditation courses and spent every lunch in with the teacher bawling my head off. Yeah. I'm, I just can't. I'm not good at this, you know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the teachers were cool. They said, just do your best. Just keep trying. Just keep doing your best, you know. And um, so I got through that. But it, I think I think now that I, I'm, I'm in a 12-step program now, and, and I see so many similarities um, to what I learned through the process of, of meditating and, and coming to really understand the Dharma, um, particularly that sense of letting go, and that, to me, has been such a gift because if, if you let go, suddenly you're happy, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's so cool to be able to access happiness that way mm -hmm. by just using that simple tool, you know? Yeah. Let it go, live in the now, turn it over, and uh, do your best. Um, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, thank you, and uh, and I do think like the sort of the step three, the idea of turning it over and accepting the results of your efforts, kind of is uh, so uh, vital to all of our serenity, you know. And uh, I mean, that's kind of what the serenity prayer says. Uh, and yet, you know, we still sort of try to control the world, you know. Mm -hmm. We have a hard time learning. Anything else? Um, just uh, a couple things I want to let you know about. First of all, I'm starting an eight-week eight class here this coming Wednesday, which will... Uh, is a class I've been teaching. It's really the longest standing class I've done each year since 2003, even before my first book came out. And 
and that'll be really going through all 12 steps in a more systematic way than I, than I do here on the, on the Dharma and recovery classes. And I'm going to use the, my workbook and um, kind of do a bunch of kind of interactive stuff in here, as well as kind of sending you home with suggestions of, of things to work on in terms of your meditation, as well as kind of reflecting on your your recovery program and in the 12 steps and, and uh, how you work with them. So um, um, if you're interested in that, I hope you will come. I hope you'll sign up. And uh, if you can't make every Wednesday, you are still welcome to come for whatever you can make. Um, and if there's any kind of an issue around money, just come and pay what you have or what you're, you're willing to, you know, what you feel you can afford. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is um, a little further off, in May I'm going to be teaching a five-day retreat up in southern Washington at a retreat center called Cloud Mountain, a beautiful place in the kind of rainforest, actually, I think. I don't know. Uh, I guess that's what it's called in southern Washington. It's about an hour and a half from, hour, hour and a half from Portland, a couple, about two and a half hours from Seattle, I think. Anyway, uh, May something, like beginning of May. It's on my website, kevingriffin.net. And that's uh, an opportunity to go deeper with practice and kind of this, this path, uh, Dharma and recovery. And, um, those retreats we spend um, outside of the meditation hall. Uh, we're always in silence for meals and just other, any, any time outside the hall. In the hall, we do a lot of sitting in silence, and then we do some some work, some group work, and uh, kind of uh, sharing. Um, but uh, it's it's kind of a blending of a traditional vipassana retreat with some of the uh, things that we do in recovery programs. So um, that's this is the first time I've been invited to teach up there, and I'm very happy to do that. There's really a very active Buddhist recovery community in the Northwest. Uh, Seattle particularly has uh, Buddhist 12-step or Dharma 12-step groups every night of the week or every day, and Portland also has quite a bit, so um, should be nice. So, uh, and I should have flyers for that, and I don't, maybe I have them somewhere, but uh, I always just expect that people go on websites now, like, Flyers seem kind of like old school, like, but uh, yeah. So, so we can let's take a little break, and during the break, you might uh, meet someone. Uh, we're all here with some shared interests, so uh, I hope you'll at least greet your neighbor. Uh, everybody here tends to be quite friendly, and uh, we're not going to be silent during this break. And we'll ring a bell in a few minutes and come back and talk some more. But thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.